0: Oh, isn't it great To know that we could be in his presence To feel his touch in our lives God bless you You may be seated classes To go to your classrooms this morning Brother Ford will stay out with us today the song talks about some elements That's in the word of God That's likened to God Fire Wind Water, mainly fire and wind, but, but these are powerful elements. We can use them to our advantage, even upon this earth. To comfort us, to bless us, to help us with energy, and things of this world. Fireplaces with fire and warming and things of that nature. They are likened as unto God. Holy Ghost and fire. Told the lady at the at the well to, he had some living waters. It talks about in the upper room came as the sound of a mighty Russian wind. So you know what everybody's going to experience God in one form or another. They're gonna they're gonna know this God by one measure. Or another we can either humble ourselves as our lessons about today God is faithful he's going to be faithful to them that humble themselves that yield themselves that gives themselves that will fall in love with him and his word and, and he'll, he'll manifest himself unto them but in proportions or measurements not to destroy but yet to govern us Guide us, to comfort us, to mold us and shape us, that we can we can finish the journey and hear him say, Well done. Don't have an ear, don't have a passion, don't have a desire to know this God, to know him in truth, to know him by the gospel, by the good tidings, by the good news. He's going to demonstrate himself unto them likewise. In some of the light forms and fashions, such as fire, but they'll be sent to to annihilate and to destroy and to tear down. You, I don't know if you could or not, but if you could go to Lake Charles this morning, you could you can see how how devastating wind and water really can be, destroying buildings. Landmarks that may have been there for possibly even hundreds of years, but these elements that we are talking about at this right now can also bring destruction, tear down. But we're here this morning to humble ourselves unto the wind, unto the fire. the water and take it in portions and sometimes the portions comes even with judgment God measures judgment it's according to the individual I'm not talking about the eternal judgment I'm I'm not one of them that buys into certain degrees of hell Certain levels of torment. But I am talking about. While we're upon this earth. While we're walking in this life. Hey, I, 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 I strongly believe that. And this is not a statement. Against anyone. Any place. Because we, we know. We know hurricanes. And we've experienced them. We we know about them. But I believe that. Regardless of what's coming our way. In the natural Or even in the spiritual. God, as we humble ourselves unto Him, He can help us make the best of it. He can show us His mercy and His grace. And I told some that said, hey, God can God can send one angel out there and calm that storm down. Or He can allow it. He's God. Bible says He's in the whirlwinds. So, as we look at this lesson today, God is faithful, and he's going to be faithful to all, both the righteous and the unrighteous, both to the faithful and those that have an ear to be, and a heart to be obedient, and those that are not, he's going to be faithful, he's going to be a faithful God. That's the reason you and I, as old-again Christians this morning, those Him through the Holy Ghost, have such a comfort and such a peace. In the midst of trials and troubles and chaos, we can be assured of one thing. He'll never leave us nor forsake us as long as we obey Him. As long as we keep His commandments. As long as we humble ourselves. Unto him. He's going to walk with us. He can protect us. He can deliver us. We see it through the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. We see where his apostles at times. Were, yes, they were beaten. Persecuted for the gospel's sake. And at times thrown into dungeons. And, but when God got ready. He wanted them out. He didn't have no problem. sending an angel and bring in deliverance. Those apostles didn't grumble and gripe about the beatings. In fact, they rejoiced in them. They didn't look at that as a punishment or judgment of God upon their lives. They looked at it as a persecution for the gospel. (laughs) Praise God. And um, there's everything that, that anything that you and I need to do, especially in this pandemic and all the other things that it's creating, causing to happen such as possibly losing loved ones and not able to be at their sides. That's one of the worst things I've thought about in this this situation. Uh, at times possibly of having lay a loved one down that uh, you would have left or had spent a lot more time with and, but wasn't able. So as we watch this and even here in this, this lesson today, it's, it's pretty lengthy. I'm gonna do my best not to not to Bore you, not to go overboard. And, and uh, but at the same time, uh, help us understand some things that unfold. We're actually backing up. If you've listened to the last few lessons and the kings and, and the characters, that was in part of our scriptures and in our lesson. Get new books. We have new books up here at the front after service. If you want to come get one, have them set out up here for you. Uh, please do so. new series will start next week. Um, but uh, we're going to see... Uh, in our lesson today, uh, how important it is to um, humble ourselves. And again, it's falling in line with the previous last two lessons of, of obedience. How powerful to the, the power of obedience can be in our lives and the results. And uh, being able to obey during the times of trials in the times of persecution and the times of uh, how many of you think that America's a man is is facing some very difficult times today some uncertain hours we got some things that are rising up among us we're going to notice even in this lesson that God God raised up and and God orchestrated certain things and I'm not saying God's orchestrating and putting all some of this is going on. I believe the devil, a man is doing what he can. Certain spirits are lifting their heads up that have been around a long time, and communism and things about nature, and that's the, the, the system and the cycle. You know, being atheist it falls right in line with that. I started out talking about, you know, thank God we've been born in America. You know, some would, might say, "Would I'd rather been born here or born there?" But uh, we need to be content and happy of. Where we've been born and who we are, that goes right on down to the color of skin, your gender, your family, the community that you're a part of, and the church that you're part of, the God that you're serving. We're we living in a very uncontent world and generation because they're looking at so many other things, which Paul instructed us not to do, not to look at the material things, but look above, look up. Look up what's laid up. Look at what the inheritance is laid up. Man, keep our eyes focused on on what's waiting on us and what's prepared for us. Man, so as we watch this uh, lesson begin to unfold. And again, I'm going to probably use, I've got a lot of markings in the scriptures of the lesson. I don't know if I'll take the time to go through all of that. And uh, and the scriptures themselves, but uh, by the help of the Lord and the help of the Holy Ghost here this morning, we're gonna we're gonna stay with the Word of God and, and the scriptures and the characters that's in those scriptures and what we can learn and glean, Amen. From their response and and, and and their dilemmas and situations and 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 pitfalls and things that can happen to us as a local assembly, as a church, or an individual. And uh, so, writer. Contemplating the topic. And he talks about um, cause pride. Anybody ever had struggle with pride? <laughs> Praise God. I'm sure we all have. We may not admit it. That'd be the first sign that we have. <laughs> Too prideful to admit it. <laughs> Too full of ourselves to admit that we're full of pride. <laughs> Or that it, it, rise, it rose up in us at times. And, and so we can, we're going to watch in this lesson. That certain things can help bring it on. And this, this because it's coming out of the Old Testament. Doesn't mean it didn't happen in the New Testament. And uh, that we're not warned in the New Testament about these things. But anyway. The, contemplating the part he talks about. it. He says one of the greatest struggles a person has is in his own flesh. Is a struggle with pride. Ego is inherited in each of us. It is always lurking beneath the surface. Eager to be recognized or flattered or to be lifted up. Pride. Amen. Drives us to what? succeed At any cost. Living our lives. Amen. uh, On terms. We we want to be what? Self-made. Self-image. We ought to take a lot of selfies. (laughs) Boy, it don't take long, does it? How often do you think of yourself compared to how much time you spend think about others? How often do we look around and we look and see what can, you know, how often do you go into a hardware store and you say, uh, how about the so-and-so? And, oh, that's too cheap. I'm going to give you five more dollars. <laughs> well, I caught you with that one, didn't I? You know how many times that's happened in Bendel hardware that I know of? But most people's thinking of their own pocketbooks when they walk in and thinking of themselves. <laughs> and so when they're asking about the price, I promise you we're not going to impress them with the price. They're going to be they're going to try to Jew us and they're going to try. You know, I didn't know there was so much Jews and Jews around here. <laughs> Uh, Hey, some people, I want to look at them and say, do you go to Walmart when you walk up to Canada? Do you start? No, they sure don't. I ain't being ugly here. I'm just telling you. (laughs) Amen. You know, so, you know, automobiles, other things that we purchase, we buy. When we go to get a job, you know, some of the first things we think about. And, you know, and we can look at some of that and say, well, I don't have myself in mind. I got my family in mind. Yeah, okay. (laughs) We believe that. (laughs) Praise God. You know, uh, you know, any of you invite me over for supper and you have rutabakers, I know you got (laughs) in mind. Praise God. And I know you don't have in (laughs) mind. Amen. So you see what I'm just trying to lay. So, you know, we probably think of ourselves a lot more than we even want to admit that we think about ourselves. Uh, Why? Because some of that's nature. Some of that's just in us. Okay? And so there's the struggle. You and I both know that this is what got the devil kicked out to begin with. Pride. He wanted to lift himself above God. He wanted to become the most high. He wanted to uh, draw all the attention even though he had drawn so much. Even angels, angels have a problem with pride and, and with their positionings and what they have been created to accomplish and to fulfill That even when God set boundaries, they, was, they would allow pride to get hold of them. They've tried to go beyond those boundaries because they got caught up in what God had instructed them or gave them permission to do. And so here you and I are in this fallen nature, in these earthen vessels. That, that especially in not just in America, but in a world, and because of Hollywood, cause of certain spirits, now, there is a whole lot of focus upon bodies, minds and individuals, and how they're walking, dressing, conducting themselves. And kind of conversation they can carry on. You can watch trends. You can watch if certain people start doing certain things and they hold certain positions in the world. Amen. And you'll start seeing it show up. Certain styles. Certain even hairstyles. Certain cuttings. And what to Body. But when you read God, 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 Amen, he started out with them naked before they left the garden, though he had to clothe them. Cover them up. See, God knew from the beginning, the end, he knew what was gonna because of his creation, and now because of the eating of the fruit, now we have the power to choose of good. Now we have the power or the knowledge of good and evil. So we have to deal with this, and we have to struggle with it. How many of you, since you got the Holy Ghost, you haven't had no more struggle with it? How many? How many times did you think, even in the church, that whenever we're 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 maybe bidding or wishing or wanting or desiring a position or a place. And the scripture says to prefer your brother. Most of the time when we prefer a brother, it's a position that we don't want. (laughs) It's something that we don't care to do. It doesn't have the the twinkle to it. (laughs) Praise God, praise God. You know, it's amazing here, we don't pay our instrument players, we don't pay our praise singers, but we pay people to mow the lawn and clean the church. (laughs) Boy, I'm messing up, ain't I? (laughs) And rightly, we should, so don't take that wrong. But again, it's just, you know, you just don't really have a whole lot of people to volunteer when they did, even when we did have volunteering to clean it, there was still money involved. And we gave it to the youth. Remember? Well, I didn't attend all this. But well, I don't know anything better to do than just let the Holy Ghost kind of. So, you know, we, we deal with this. And so you're going to notice even our lesson, not just a lesson, but often throughout the scriptures, both old and new. You've got to humble yourself. Now God, and that's what we're going to look at here. God's got a way of humbling us. And we really, we really don't want that. How many of you like the way that your parents, once they had been driven to a point or place that they had to humble you, how many of you like the way your parent humbled you? Would you a lot better just to obey the commandment, the instructions, or the guidance... And just went ahead and accomplished and done what they had asked you to do to start with, but uh, but there's just something in us. As bad as we hate a weapon, as bad as we hate being grounded, we're gonna take our chances. It's that that rises up within us and say, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and. And you know what? We didn't have to. You know, it's amazing to me. We don't have to. We don't have to instruct them. We don't have to teach them how to do that. You don't have to. You don't have to teach these little babies how to rebel, <laughs> how, to, how to want their own way. When they get hungry, they don't care if it's 2 o'clock in the morning. They don't care if you've been up all night with this and that. They don't care if you've got corona. <laughs> they don't care if you've got 102 fever. All they know, you know, is I'm hungry. I got a dirty diaper and I made a mess and I need you to clean me up. sometimes we look at God and we we made a mess of ourselves through our disobedience but we want God to magically just clean us up I right. God will because he's long-suffering, and he's full of mercy. But there is a requirement, and that requirement, and it's for every man, woman, boy, and girl. I don't care who you are and what degree you are and how much money you got or how much you don't have. Everybody's got to humble themselves and yield themselves unto the mighty hand of God. And when you do that, he will exalt you in due time. Because he's the master builder. And he knows where to put us. And he's the one that equips us. And it's his kingdom. And it's his church. And it's his bride. It's not mine. It's not yours. We're just a part of it by the goodness and the mercy of this Almighty God. As you watch this unfold here today, a beautiful lesson. And we're going to be talking about Rehoboam, Jeroboam, and uh, uh, some of the, these are actually the two that's going to follow the kingship of Solomon. I will bring some things out even of Solomon. Even the wisest man upon the earth, I believe we could be safe to say outside of Jesus Christ is Solomon. As, he, as long as he humbled himself and made the request and, and done, God could bless him. And God did. Now you watch this. this. This I've learned something from this lesson, because uh, sometimes we get a little confused with this, and don't quite understand why maybe certain things happen. Uh, the power, we're, if, if you study the scriptures close enough, you will be amazed how powerful. Humbling yourself. Can be with God. You may not find mercy in man. You may not find uh, a punishment being put off by man and by this world. But when you humble yourself unto God, especially when He sends messengers and warns you, and you take it to heart, you don't even have to be a part of the Great Kingdom. You don't even have to be a, a a a one God believer. You can be a heathen and done some very vile and wicked things in your life. But because you humbled yourself, God will honor it and put off judgment. Right down to the point such as Manasseh. that Took his own kids and threw them to the fire. Such as the king of Ahab. That humbled himself. And God took that That judgment. It's powerful. So as we watch this begin to unfold, and we're going to talk about Rehoboam. Rehoboam, a man is, uh, as we, we watch this, is that Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. Solomon, the kingship should have failed to Rehoboam. But as you go back into studies and you can go back to a few chapters, you're going to see some things really begin to unfold. Uh, let me just, Second Chronicles 12 and 1, and it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom, And he strengthened himself. He forsook the law of the Lord and all of Israel with him. Now I'll come back to that verse later on. But I want to touch some things before we go to that. You're going to notice. Amen. When you go back uh, to the uh, 2 Chronicles 11th chapter. When Rehoboam, had, when he had come to Jerusalem, he began to gather the house of Judah. This is after the time of Jeroboam at Rehoboam. When Jeroboam heard a man that Solomon had died. Jeroboam, now watch this. Jeroboam was uh, chose of God, believe it or not. If you go back into some scriptures, you're going to see that uh, the prophet. If you go back a few ch- chapters, um, you'll see that, that uh that uh, Jeroboam was a man that uh, was industrious and so Solomon seen that under his kingship he sets him up over the house of, of Joseph a man and so he was out in the field and so the, the prophet seen him came out to him the prophet had put on a new garment he took that new garment and he he, he tore it into 12 pieces he gave 10 pieces unto Jeroboam now this is just the time under King Solomon okay this is a few chapters prior to this and and so I'm just laying some things down to show you how God can work and how God is a sovereign God and how God can bring about things and and you're going to watch some things in Jeroboam's life, in Rehoboam's life you're going to watch some things as they they are instructed by the man of God of what they can do and boundaries that are set up and, and what they ought to be content and satisfied with. I'm going to tell you something if we're not careful, we spend a whole lot of effort and energy and forces toward trying to tame things That it's really not the heartbeat of God for us to have. It's not sinful stuff. It's just things. Sometimes those things can be money. Material things. Or positions. Places. Just ride with me. I'm not jumping on nobody. But I want you to leave here different than what you came today. The lack of the knowledge is the problem in the world that we're living in today. And that's what it's prophesied. It's a lack of the knowledge of what's in this book. It's the reason that people's acting like they're acting. If they had a new, true understanding of this book, I promise you they'd humble themselves. If they take a real good reading of the end time and what's coming, we haven't seen nothing yet, folks. We better hope and pray, hallelujah, that we're called out of here. Like a lot of them, we better hope and pray we are. This hadn't been nothing. This hardly hadn't been a ripple on the pond of what's coming. And if this has shaken you, you better start digging in. Okay? All right. So, when we, we get to this point, places he tore those apart. He gave ten of them to Jeroboam. He tells him, he said, there will be a time that God's going to anoint you. And he's going to pray to you as a king over Israel. It's prophesied to him. The last verse of that particular chapter, it simply says this. Solomon tries to kill Jeroboam. So Jeroboam flees. He goes to Egypt. It's amazing to me how often we see these things happen right on to our own our own Lord Jesus. He has to going go to Egypt to a certain time and period. Sure, he could have kept him, he could have protected him, but, but watch how God works and hearing the voice of God, being obedient unto it. Do you think Jeroboam really wanted to go to Egypt? Probably not. But for his own safety, he did. And as he goes to Egypt, he's going to be protected there. He's going to be kept until the time of the death of Solomon. And then after the death of Solomon, it's this where you come and you're going to begin to pick up what Rehoboam and Jeroboam's on the scene. And so as you begin to watch this unfold, go back to the Levite chapter. And so this little trans. Uh, you, you know the story of Rehoboam, how he didn't accept the young man, the old man's advice. He took the young man's advice and how he's going to bring punishment. Of- so they rebelled against him under the leadership of Jeroboam now. Okay? And so this is where it brings you, amen, I you get to this particular chapter, the Levit chapter. And we see in the Levit chapter, in the Word of God, it came to Shemaiah, which is the prophet of the man of God, that came to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. And the king of Judah. And to all of Israel. And Judah and Benjamin saying. Thus saith the Lord. Ye shall not go up. Nor fight against your brethren. Pick that up. Get a hold of that. i gonna tell you something. There ought not be as much fussing. And fighting among the brethren. Okay. And if we're not careful. A lot of that fussing and fighting is over more about pride than, than real, godly, word of God things. We're going to dig in today. I'll just hang with me. So, as we watch here, the man of God, the king, to are Now, understand something. By rights, by inheritance, he should have had the whole king. Should have been a split between Judah and Israel. Shouldn't have been a split between the ten and the two. But because of Solomon's unfaithfulness. And because he turned from God and took all these wise and allowed them, amen, to, to turn his heart against the true living God. And he began to build tabernacles and worship other gods and things of this nature. And forsook God and the law of God and the commandments of God. Now judgment's got to come even upon God's chosen people. And so we see a prophecy that went before Jeremiah. Because, see, God, amen, it's amazing how I can choose me a man. Just like he did David. And now he says, I'm anointing one and calling one. Man, that's going to take over the leadership of the kingship of ten tribes. I've set it up. Rehoboam's called upon by the man of God now. He's gathered together. He wanted to go to war. He wanted to take his kingship. All." Of But he listens to the man of God. Okay? You watch these verses, and saith the Lord to return to Jeroboam. So, Rehoborn dwelt in Jerusalem. He was content, he was happy, he was satisfied, he heard the man of God. He didn't go and try to gain the other lands, the other cities, the other places. He dwelt in Jerusalem. And so now he takes that time. Being content and happy, not fighting with his brother. Jeroboam. Okay? Now Jeroboam was not a brother, but those ten nations are. So what does he begin to do? Is he built he begins to build cities, he begins to build defense cities, even in Judah. He builds some, if my memory serves me right, about nine different cities outside in, in Judah. Not only does he, he cause them fence cities. He fortifies the strongholds. He puts captains in him. He stores up there. He he puts all in why He's setting him up. You know, it's almost like preparing, amen, for when a real enemy comes and when a real struggle comes. Amen. You know, things of that nature. When you hear a hurricane's going to come, what do you do? You go out and buy certain items and store it up. Why? Because you know that you're going to be a possibility to three to two weeks without power and things of this nature. So you, you know, so you do these things. So he's basically, you know, with God's blessings upon it, the backing of the people, if you go ahead and read all of that, you're going to see that in every Several city, he put shields and spears. He made exceeding strong, having Ju- Judah and Benjamin on his side. Their blessings, their favor, they're working with them. They're walking with them. They didn't get all upset because the other ten, Amen, were not with them, and they couldn't. You know, they didn't. Uh, no, they was obeying God, the voice of God, and God's blessings upon them. And so now, for about three years, you see the hand of God's blessing for boy. as they build the cities and set up things and put things in order. Right on to the place of the Levites. Now watch this. Jeroboam does right the opposite. What I mean by that. if You read a little further down. You're going to see where Jeroboam. Amen. For the, for the priests and the Levites that were in all of Israel. Resorted to him talking about to Rehoboam. Out of their coast. Of all of Israel. For the Levites left their suburbs and their possessions. And came to Judah and Jerusalem for Jeroboam and his sons had cast them off from ex- executing the priest's office unto the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. This, this uh, doctrine and idea that some people got, it don't make any difference where you go to church. This right here says different. Jeroboam and them drove off the Levitical priesthood, the high priest. They forsake their possessions, their homes, their lands, and makes their way to Judah. Makes their way to Jerusalem. They really forsake all of that to stay in the heartbeat and the blessings of God. It's amazing what some people fight over and get all upset about. And if they don't get it right, wind up in hell over. Acre of land. He ordained him priest for the high places and for the devils. This is what Jeroboam done. Now, Rehoboam's accepting all these priests. He's putting them up. He's keeping them He's doing what's supposed to For three years. And God's blessing him. Left and right. Man, they're, they're, they're prospering. They're doing an awesome job. And so, but Jeroboam, after all of the tribes of the Israel, such as set their hearts to seek God, God of Israel, came to Jerusalem. Those that some. Seek after God came to Jerusalem and they're set up and they're put in these positions. And so, so watch this how often, even through the scriptures, uh, that we see about this struggle with your brothers, uh, we see it with Abraham and Lot, don't we? Abraham, man that we call the father of faith, what do you tell Lot there'll be no stride between our herdsmen? Said you pick. What about with Moses? You read about it, and even in the book of Acts, in the book of Exodus. Went out and killed the Egyptian, but went out the next day and had two brothers striving against one another. He said, Hey, this ought not be You know, This shouldn't be taking place. Watch this. Even writings, John's, the writings of John in 1 John. But this is a message that he heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who, who was that wicked one, and slew his brother. I never, never took a gun out and shot him. I have never took a knife out and stuck him. But the Bible's taught us the powers in the tongue. And with the tongue, there's life and death. And with the tongue, I can make them or I can kill them. It takes, it's going to take an near in all of this chaos. To be able to hear the voice of God. And then humble ourselves. unto his path. And his way. Okay. Why is it so important. That we do this. I, I, I could go through some others. Uh, just for time's sake. I won't do it. Uh, if you'd like to know. Go to First Kings 11, 30, and 31. If you want to know about. Uh, the prophecy over Jeroboam. You can find that in those scriptures. Uh, actually, in 1 Kings 11, 37 and 40 also. Go back to 1 Kings 11 chapter. Read that chapter. You know, back up with that, that prophecy that went over Jeroboam. And um, so we, we see here in that last verse of that particular chapter. Listen to what, what this is saying. Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam. And Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt. Unto Shishak. King of Egypt. Hmm. That's who he flees to. That's who's going to be keeping or protecting. Now, what's this? Now, when you go to the third chapter, Let's go back to our scripture setting. Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, twelfth chapter. Uh, with twelve. Uh, is this is Rambo. I'm, 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 anyway, this is a time where, where Rambo. He's called. He says, you know, he's going to this battle. So he humbles himself. He said, with 1,200 chariots and thousand horsemen, and the people were without number that came with him out of Egypt. So, so here comes the king out of Egypt now. The very one that Jeroboam had found protection. Rehoboam's finding him coming against him. Finding him attacking him. And so you're going to notice that this, wasn't the, this is another time. And he took the fence cities which pertained to Judah and came to Jerusalem. So all these cities that he had just built, the nine cities I'm talking about, he has taken them, the king of Egypt. And now he's coming against the city of Jerusalem. And he's coming with this great number and this great host. The number came, the, the people was even without number. And the fifth verse puts it this way. But here comes the prophet. Here comes Shemaiah again. To Rehoboam and the princes of Judah that were gathered together to Jerusalem because Shisha said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, ye have he has forsaken me, therefore have I also left you at the hand of Shechah. What is he telling them? Back up a few verses, you're going to see that for a period of time, Rehoboam followed and got to bless him. But then if you pick up, you're going to see that Rehoboam now, man, Begins to forsake. And as the kingdom, the Bible puts it this way as, as Rehoboam established the kingdom, as Rehoboam, on this fifth year now, began to establish and set it up, pride had entered into Rehoboam's life. And he forsook the law of the Lord. With all the priests and everything that had taken place, especially through the first three years. Now, from the fourth end to the fifth year, he begins to forsake all of this and forsake the law of God. And so God's bringing judgment. But thank God, Rehoboam, has enough sense that when the man of God shows up, the Bible says he humbles himself, but not just him. The Bible says the princes humble themselves likewise. Now, here's some of the area. Our, our passion, our desires, we, if we was in their shoes, would be What? Deliver us from this king. Completely. Totally. We don't want to lose anything. <laughs> we don't have no part of it. But that's not what happened, is it? God, God showed him mercy. He showed him compassion. But he didn't let him off the hook. He let the king of Egypt come in. He took the gold. From the temple. From the king's house. And that ain't all. He said you're going to start. You're going to be a servant. He said I want you to know what it's like. To fall under the servanthood. Of the king of Egypt now. Apparently you didn't love being my servant. You didn't love being my child. You'd rather be the child of Belial. You'd rather be a servant of Darkness. You'd rather fulfill the lust of the flesh and walk after the ways of the world. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a taste of it. i give you an example of it. And that's what begins to happen. In fact, the Bible goes on and tells us in that same chapter that Rehoboam does that which is evil in the eyes of the Lord. And one of the last statements you read about him in that particular setting in chapter because he did not prepare his heart to do that which was right. We have followed the instructions and the blessings of God and the men of God for just a season. But after God blessed him, he began to let pride slip in. That's a reason you can watch even preachers and ministers. And if they're not careful, even especially in large churches. Or maybe possibly they have a, a member or two that you know, has a lot of money. And they begin to pay big ties, And all of a sudden they begin to build certain things and buy certain things and get caught up in certain areas. And if they're not careful, it opens up an opportunity and a gateway for pride begin to slip in. Why do you think there's some things God says, hey, it's better not to even have a part of that. Not to get caught up into that. It's a dangerous thing, a man, to start performing favors or having people to do favors for you, especially in politics and positions and places. It's a dangerous thing to get so of a friendship with judges and lawyers and people of this nature. Even, well, I'm. I'm <laughs> you see, we, we've got to keep a separation because whenever you start calling on favors, And they start doing things under the table that they didn't really have no business do because they knew certain people. Hey, don't tell me this hadn't happened. It's happened even with apostolics. Because of somebody's kid that done some things they didn't have no business. And they knew the right person in the right place. You know what brings that about? Pride. That's the reason if you go to Proverbs and you read where the writer there says, Hey, drinking of that wine can mess with you. You'll start altering your judgment. You'll start, you'll start taking bribes. And once you start into that area, it's it hard to turn it around. That also works in the spiritual realm in living for God. That's the reason we've got to be careful when God blesses us. We've got to be real careful of what we possess. That it doesn't possess us. that It doesn't dictate or control us. Because when that happens, pride has slipped in. I got enough money. I know enough people in the right place. I don't need God. That's what he done. So now as we watch some of this begin to unfold... If, if you want to back up, see 2 Chronicles 12 and 2. And it came to pass in the fifth year, King Rehoboam, king of Egypt, came against Jerusalem because they had what transgressed against the Lord. Here's what I'm trying to tell us. And We sing it sometimes, but we, we really don't want it. We don't want to live that way. You know, we sing. The, we used to sing the old song, "I'd rather live in a shack on the side of the road." <laughs> Many of us live in a shack on the side of the road. <laughs> I'll not do this, Anna, but it's the truth. What's the driving factor that pushes us to build these homes, to purchase these automobiles, to get caught up in some of this? What, what, what's really driving us? That's what we have to look at. Pride is about us. Pride works in the material realms. Pride also works in the spiritual realms. Pride can work in your local assembly. I don't believe that preacher. Well, when the preacher did choose your kid, a man to be the Sunday school teacher, and you say, I think they deserve it. They ought to have that right. Hey, I'm walking to the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I'm walking to the Holy Ghost. Pride will still be the downfall of even the apostolic people. If they pull the devil down, we don't need to, we don't need to think that we're exempt from it. As a writer, God, it's so right. Why is it such a struggle to kill pride? Here's the problem with pride. You can kill it today. If you ain't careful a few days down the road. See, that's the reason I believe, you know, and you may not practice and you don't have to, but if a black snake crawls through my yard too many times, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Chicken snakes. You see, they won't stay in the yard sooner or later. They're going to find a way to get in the house. They got got thousands of acres out there around me that they crawl on, and I won't mess with them. But they start crawling in my sheds. They start crawling in my yard. I'm going to kill them. Hmm. Now, when it comes to rattlesnakes and moccasins and all them, I'm going to kill them wherever they're at. (laughs) If you don't want me to kill them on your property, just hope I ain't there when they there. You get out there, bow down to it, worship if you want to. some things we don't worship, we kill it. Praise God. Hey, some spirits, you got to kill it day in and day out. When you start seeing it, amen, make it its way. Uh, I remember here just, a, it's been a few weeks ago. I was upstairs, and I was upstairs playing with the grandkids, and I was looking out the window, and sure enough, there's a black snake come in the yard. I come down, toting totin Rosalie. I don't say nothing to nobody. I go in through there, pick up the rifle, go right on outside. I still got her in my hands. I go right out that back door, put her down. She's walking over here. So I get out there, and I can hit him. I do have time to freehand it. I, 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 and so I, don't, I miss him. And so anyway, I come back in. And says, what are you doing? I said, I'm shooting a, a snake. And she said, She said, oh, I turned around Rosie. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was off to the side. She was in a safe place. But God help us. God help us. What about the spiritual rams? What about the spiritual snakes? What about that real one called pride? Hey Amen. When we get all upset about something, that really the real factor that's moving us and driving us, and we get so upset about the real thing that's driving us is our own self pride. That's my baby. And you act like that. You don't do that. Hey, but if we'll humble ourselves to God, even with our own babies, if we're going to get real results. Hey, man, we've got to humble ourselves to God. God's the one that's going to help us tell you something. Our grandbabies is facing a generation in the spiritual world. You and I better be on a daily basis praying God fill them with the Holy Ghost. We better be putting it into their minds to their hearts and spirit baby. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to want the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the best thing going. And we got to live it that way. We Got to live it that way. It's, it's not who we are. It's not our positions. It's not our money. It's, it's, it's not those things. It's God. It's, it's keeping His commandments. It's keeping His laws. It's staying obedient unto Him. And we can do that with the blessings of God. And that's what we've got to do. So, as we watch this... Uh, uh, time's going to eat me up here. I can, I can see. When we get to the... Next chapter, uh, the thirteenth chapter, Second Chronicles, and I'll just go to it because time. Well, watch this. Can I say one thing though? Watch this. Second Chronicles twelve and six. If you, you follow along with me, whereupon the princes of Israel and, and the kings humbled themselves, and they said, "The Lord is righteous in what He's done." He's righteous. God, we deserve this. We forsaken you. You'd have never forsaken us if we hadn't forsaken you. And when that judgment came, they received it with the right spirit and the right attitude and said, Lord, you're righteous. That means you're just. goes from that and there's a lot I just won't allow us maybe to go quite into all of this so but notice what happened the shields of faith that Solomon had made was taken out of the house of God these shields were made out of a type of material called gold and so now Rehoboam he has to make shields of faith But he has to make them out of brass. It's not the same type of metal. Every time the judgment of God comes upon us. As a movement. As a church. Or as an individual. Or how you want to look at it. If if we don't humble ourselves. And yield ourselves. And even sometimes after we do that. The enemy can still take certain things from us. And take things that we can never regain and never reestablish. As far as I can tell, they never was ever able to put back golden shields back in the tabernacle of God. Because of their disobedience. There's some things that the enemy has stole from the apostolic church. That there's a possibility that we'll never get them back. We'll have a likeness. But it won't be the same. Because of the transgressions. And I'm not talking about as individual. I'm talking about as a whole here. Even America. Americans say what she wants to. Judgment's coming. We got comfort with that. Understand what I want to say that vengeance belongs to God, He's going to take care of it. Things that you and I get upset over and all worked up about, if we'll take a real, real look at that, that's pride trying to nudge us and drive us into a place that we'll take on actions that'll make the problem even a whole lot worse than just saying, You're right, God. That's what Rehoboam done to start with. I'm going to Jerusalem, we're going to work going to fight Jeroboam. I'm not going to fuss and fight over those ten. Because this is God. Because what Solomon had allowed caused this judgment. So now as we go to the 2nd Chronicles of 13th chapter and um, we're going to see some things really begin to unfold and and uh, so now it's the 18th year of Jeroboam and uh, uh, there but begot uh, Abijah to reign over Judah, and he reigned for three years in Jerusalem, and then there was war between Abijah and Jeroboam, and there was constant war, it seemed to be, uh, especially with Jeroboam. Now, why, watch this, Here's, here's a question, what in the world is Jeroboam constantly fighting against them for? God's called me, God's placed me, I know where God's put me. And uh, I'm content, I'm happy, I'm satisfied, I'm doing what God wants me to do. If that's singing, if that's whatever department, whatever, whatever that might be. But if the enemy can't destroy me in that measure, he'll begin to cause me to look over at my brother. And what he's doing, and what possession he's got. (laughs) And if I'm not careful, uh, there'll be that to begin to rise up in me and say, you know what, I'd I probably do a better job. He's doing that. And I. Jeroboam should have been content with the ten and never put any effort whatsoever of taking Jerusalem or Judea or any of those other cities. He's just stepped out of his calling and anointing and he let pride drive him to take things that wasn't God's will in the same way. Write down the very smallest things. That's a reason that you and I can come to God and to the foot of the cross and receive the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't matter if we come from this family or that family. It doesn't matter if it's from the governor's family or or, or if it comes from a man the, the, the guy that's just making it from paycheck to paycheck and just getting by. We can find contentment and satisfaction and the assurance of knowing, amen, that God's working it all out. Don't make any difference. There's no greater peace, no greater joy, no greater contentment than being in the will of God, in the kingdom of God, in the house of God, and with the body of Christ. But if the enemy can just get in somehow and wedge his way in. don't have to be big stuff either. He'll make it big. Because he'll use this little thing called pride. What are we hearing today? We got a right. You ain't got a right to burn buildings down. You ain't got a right. I don't care what happened. That never gave you a right to take people's lives. What's this one? Homosexuals Coming out of our closet. Come on. The problem we got with that, come out of your closet. You need to and repent. And the government and the United States and everybody can back you up. But it's not going to change the book. See, the problem with all of that is whenever we, we're going to do all this and in God's face. Don't tell me we're not going to heaven. God loves you. Yeah, he loves you. He loves you enough to get you, bring you to repentance. Just like me, I had to repent. and <laughs> Pretty well, I have to do it every day. May I have to do it after this message? <laughs> Some of you are thinking you are too. There's <laughs> no good thing in this. You hear me? It's just, it's no good thing. This, this thing's, it's our worst enemy. It really can be. So, as we watch the the, the, the what's fixing to happen here, and so there was war between Abijah. Abijah you know, was Rehoboam's son. He's, he's come up take kingship. He's the one over Jude over in Jerusalem over Judea, and Abijah set the battle array uh, with an army of valid men. Now watch this. He only had four hundred thousand chosen men. Jeroboam, when he sets the battle in array, that means an order, a preparation, a man. He had some eight. 100,000, amen, chosen. Double, double, amen. Mighty men of valor, the Bible says. Abijah stood upon the mount of Zermia, which is the mount in Ephraim, and said, Hear me, thou Jeroboam and all of Israel. Now watch this. This is where, amen, watch how uh, uh, um, Abijah, amen, is he come. He That's really so important. Let me tell you something. We have truth. We've experienced truth. But how we display it is just as important as truth itself. Can't be with arrogance, can't be with pride, can't be with an attitude. I'm one God apostolic, Peter am man. I'm be- You're not better than nobody else. You found the mercy and grace of God and brought the truth. And thank God by his mercy and grace, I am what I am. Yeah. Guess what? If he doesn't ride with me on a daily basis, the devil will trip me up. I'm no match for the devil. You're no match for the spirit of this world. If God don't walk with us and keep us and help us, we're all going to wind up lost. Oh, you understand what I'm telling there can be a pride that can get a hold of us about this and if we're not careful we'll do more harm than good we'll do worse than some of them out there Wise is a serpent harm is done man that wins souls is wise walking in the Holy ghost because there's sometimes a hey man he gives you the green light and there's sometimes when he gives you the red light and if we're not careful the old flesh will be right this is a very one man. I mean, okay. This is one I wanted to blow back. This is a one man. The red light. The Holy Ghost is going. Spirit of pride, because of what I know. Man, I'm, I'm I'm shooting all over the tree. Praise God, but watch watch, watch his response to him, because it's important of you allowed to be spiritual leaders. It's important the direction, the, the choices that had been made. And we know that Jeroboam killed even though he had, had twice the army. I mean, it should have been an easy match. I mean, it just should have been. He should have been able to slaughter them two to one. Huh. But but listen to Abijah as he stood up and began to speak to them. Ought he not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever. Even to him that is his sons by a covenant of salt. He's reminding him. Uh, Jeroboam, hey, you forgot. You forgot who set this thing up. You had a man of God. man of God come to you in the field. He tore that garment. Brand new garment. He tore him in 12 pieces. He gave you the 10. Now you're after the other two. Hmm. Yet Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon... He reminds him, this is where you come from. You're just a servant of Solomon. The son of David, and risen up and hath rebelled against his Lord. There are gathered unto him vain men, the children of Belial. This is what you gathered. This is what you joined up with. This is, this is what you got that strengthened themselves against Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. When Rehoboam was young and tenderhearted and could not withstand them. But now, you think that you can withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David? Now notice, he don't take the credit here. He's putting this in the sons of David. He understood. Abijah understood, hey, this is a God thing. This is not me. It's not because I'm, I'm I'm the guy I'm the one holding the position. No, this is a promise unto David. Amen. That he's going to have a remnant. that's going to be a part of this kingdom. That's the reason he didn't rent the whole whole twelve nations and give them to Jeroboam because of promise, Amen, of David, a David that kept the law of God and kept his commandments, and so God was going to be faithful to this covenant to David. And so, so he understood that. He, he understood that. Do you think you're going to fight against God? You think you're going to fight against the Lord? You think you're going to overcome God Almighty? And the covenant that's been placed up. He goes through all that. Read down through it. He goes all the way back. He comes to himself though. As he talks about who he had set up as priest. Who he would set up as his spiritual leaders. But then he comes to himself in the 10th verse. And he says. But as for us. The Lord is our God. And we have not forsaken him. The priest which minister unto the Lord, the sons of Aaron, the Levites, wait upon their, their business. Hey, we're still doing it just like we always done it. Oh, my. We're living in a world today that if we're not careful, even the apostolics want to change the way to do it. We want some new things. With some different methods and, or different ways. And I, I'm not against methods. But the message, the doctrine, repentance, nobody can get around it. Everybody's got to repent. I know, I know you think your darling came here and you know, had the Holy Ghost like John the Baptist. <laughs> but we, we know different, don't we? Got to Repent to be baptized in Jesus' name. I don't care how many miracles they're having. I don't care how many they're running in number. I don't care all the material things they're gathering up. How big the buildings are, how many acres are adding to it. If you get away from this doctrine and the foundation, I'm telling you, it, it, it's it's gonna be in trouble. It's not gonna sustain, it's not gonna, it's not gonna finish the race. Hallelujah. So watch what he's telling them. Hey Amen. We've stayed, we're doing it just like God. We got the people he set up, we got the priests, the Levites. They're setting up the order. We're doing taking care of business like we've always took care of business. Hallelujah. We're doing it just like God wants us to do it. Amen. Then he says, Not that's not all. Watch it. We burn it to the the Lord every morning and every evening the burnt sacrifices and the sweet incense. We're still practicing services. We're still going to the house of God. We're still offering up, amen, our prayers. Hallelujah. We hadn't pushed prayer off. We hadn't substituted it with something else. we have offering ourselves. The writer says, amen, to do what? To offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto Him. Hey, we're still practicing it. We're still being separate. Come out from among them. Be ye separate. Amen, as the Lord has called of us to do. Hold on to those things as those those uh, 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 traditions, amen, that are wholesome and godly and backed up by the word of God. Hey, there's some things you and I must hold on to. Hmm. Talks about the house itself, the tabernacle, the the set up the uh, the sacrifices. He he let them know, amen, about the showbread, amen, that was still put in order on the tables. Amen. He talks about the counterstick of gold and the lamps thereof that burn every evening. And, and we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but ye have forsaken him. Jeroboam, you've you, you forsaken the Lord. He blessed you with it, he prophesied and gave you those ten, but you weren't content, you was not satisfied. Are you picking up on something here? That's the reason Jesus said you can gain the whole world. You can gain the whole world, but you will not never find satisfaction in it. You will not never find contentment in it. It's only in the house of God and in the will of God and following the directions of God, keeping his laws and setting up that order. That's the only place you can find true contentment and satisfaction. You're not going to find it in all these other places. I'm about through. Let's stand. He goes on. He talks about how God. He said God. God's the captain of our host. He don't take credit for nothing. Anybody pick that up? I just don't take any credit. He Gives it to God. We're still doing things just like God set up way before my time. And so now you would think that even Jeroboam would humble himself and repent after being reminded of where he's at and what's going on. After being warned a man that you can't win this battle. But pride will drive us to the place I can't lose it. Pride. For destruction, haughtiness, arrogance. I've got this thing all worked out. Self sufficiency. Pride, Proverbs talks about pride. Amen. It makes you think everything's all right in your own eyes. That's where you've got to watch the spirit of pride. It can blind us. It really can. Even with the Holy Ghost. I'm just doing this for the kingdom's sake. That's the reason it's a dangerous thing to, 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 to let. You know, I don't need a faithful ministry. I think people tell me. I don't need a pastor. I don't have to have a man of God. That really just lets me know how how little you really know about the book. Because watch this. He gave us a five-fold ministry to do what? Save the world? Change our political world? He gave us a five-fold ministry to edify us. I'm in this. To perfect. I'd love to tell you, amen. When you, you went down in Jesus' name, come up and spoke in them tongues, man. Man, you've been all right ever since. You got it. But it's funny he had a five ministry to perfect. That means he's still working on us. Thank God. His mercy and grace. You know why? Because God's faithful. Now, you watch this. That's the reason when you and I humble ourselves. That's what he that humbles himself. James James talks about this. Folks, I'm telling you, I could, I could really preach on this. There's a lot more to it. Watch this. James 4 and 1 says From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even from your lusts that bore in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot attain, yet fight and war ye, ye, ye have not because ye ask not. Boy, he's talking to brothers and sisters. He's talking about the church here now. Your own lust, your own passion, your own desire. Your way. You ain't going to tell me what to do. I speak in their tongues before you was ever even born, boy. There's a lot of things that can get a hold of us. I was fighting devils, amen, before you ever even thought about. Listen to what I'm telling you. Some of those things like that is the very thing that we let pride slip in on. Because God blessed us, anointed us, and used us. And if all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we'll get the attitude and the spirit that we have arrived. pride will slip in and all of a sudden you know I I don't really have to keep that prayer alive I really like to humble myself to nobody or nothing if it ever gets a hold it's a slow process with it I'd love to tell you the older you get if it's not dealt with I'm going to tell you something the older you get the worse it'll get you hear me Preacher, I really don't have to do all that. Why do you think we're in the mess we're in right now? Why do you think there's so many denominations and beliefs and religions? Right. But watch this now. They put their confidence in God. And when the odds were two to one, watch him. The enemy come in and put up an ambushment which went behind him and in front of him. So now, when he looks, he's got battle in front and behind him. He didn't change anything, really, other than two things happen. The priest blows the trumpet and they shout. And when they obey God... And humble themselves unto God. God's fighting our battle. We're following what David done. This is the Lord's battle. This is not mine. That's what you and I've got to understand. Every spiritual battle we go into, hey God, this is your battle. It's not mine. If you'll just help me to humble myself, hear your voice, and respond to this like you want me to respond to, you'll work it out. You'll make the best of it. And sometimes the best of that is winning on both sides. The ideal picture of this would have been if, if Jeroboam would have heard the man and said, you know what, you're right. If he'd have done the same thing that Rehoboam had done previously, a man, whenever, whenever the king of Egypt came in, and then they said, you know what, God, you're just in this. You're righteous in this. Same with our own lives sometimes. The best thing that you and I can do is say, you know what, God, you're right. I deserve this. I accept it. You help it change. You help it change me. But then there are going to be times just like they've done. And you know what? God fought the battle. How many? How many out of that 800? Jeroboam lost 500,000 men. God slew them. God's judgment fell on. God's faithful. Now what's this. That's the reason you and I, we don't have to fret and worry and all this stuff and all this. Young people, just build on the rock. Give your life to God. He'll work it all out. Regardless of what's coming and going, God's going to work it all out. Read the back of the book. Read about tribulation. Read, study about all that. But you know what? God's got us. God's going to keep us. We've got a comfort and a peace and assurance. The world don't have it. They build on sinking sand. They've given themselves over to pleasures and the things of the world. It's not going to come. It's not going to help them. But when you and I built our lives and put our lives, amen, to the house of God, the work of God, the kingdom of God, and humbled ourselves, humbled ourselves, humbled ourselves, folks, I'd love to tell you, God can't humble us. But it really lies within us. We have to humble ourselves. We have to do the humbling. As we humble ourselves. God's faithful. To come to our rescue. James 4 and 10 simply put it this way. Humble yourself, or yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he shall lift you Above the enemy, above the battle, above the trial. He's going to make you victorious. As you humble yourself unto him, he'll do the work. Because God is faithful. God's faithful. I may fail you. Some of the others may. But God won't fail you. God's not going to fail you. His word's not going to fail you. As we humble ourselves unto him, God's going to work it out. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you so much. So thankful for the word of God and the presence of the Lord and the touching of the Holy Ghost. that's on the hearts and lives that's in this place today. As we have come, God, to hear your word, and open our hearts and of understanding unto it. God, we want you. To have your way in our lives. You help us. You help us to humble ourselves. You help us to to be alert. And and be vigilant and sober. Not to let the spirit of pride. Or arrogance. Or any other evil way. Or wicked way. To get a hold of our hearts. And a hold of our minds and our spirit. You help us not let the thief a man to take from us. That that you have promised. But we build upon the sure promises of God. Upon the sure word of God. We measure up to the chief corners stone our lord and savior jesus christ we humble ourselves unto the word of god and with all that lies within us we hold on to it and we keep it and guard it and let it bring forth that that gives you glory and praise and honor as the lord of our lives and the bishop of our soul we give you the glory we give you the praise and the honor today in that precious name of our lord and savior jesus christ we pray Love you today. Appreciate you. Hopefully, uh, something was said in this uh, that will be encouraging, uplifting. Uh, most of all, to, be in, be, to instruct us. I'll tell you, we live in a world that needs some good instructions. They need some good Holy Ghost-filled people that knows how to live to be an example to them. God bless you. Love and appreciate you. See you tonight. God bless you.